Backrow Brown Show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Back Row Brown Show, brought to you by the Back Row Network. I am your host, Matt Brunin. You can find me at Sports Fanatic MMP. You can find this show at Back Row Browns. As I mentioned, we are part of the Back Row Network. You can find them at the Back Row. We are excited to be bringing you another episode of the Cleveland Browns Show today. Past couple weeks, we've been talking fantasy quarterbacks and running backs. Two weeks ago, today, we will be focusing on the wide receiver position and what I expect out of our guys for the 2020 season. Before that, we will talk about some of the Browns news that has come out lately. It's not been a lot. It's uh, been a little bit of a dead period, obviously, without us having any kind of rookie mini camps or anything going on with COVID-19. So we'll talk a little bit of Browns news before we get in and talk about the wide receivers and what I think they're going to do in 2020. Snap is back. Ball is down. The kick is blocked. They got it. Denzel Ward blocked the field goal try. And that's the end of the first half. Can Denzel Ward do anything else? When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. 50, Hasta la vista, baby! And correction, before we get into the news, I apologize. I don't know how I messed that up because I'm a horrible host, if we're all being honest with ourselves. Uh, You can follow the Back Row Show at The Back Row Show on Twitter. Uh, Again, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, Brian Hux, they do an amazing job for that. Barker runs this network, so definitely give all of them a follow as well. So for the Browns news and notes, let's kick it off real quick with it seems like um, everyone will be opening training camps in about a month. Uh, The date that has been cleared by the NFL to open training camps is July 28th. We are sitting here now. I'm recording this on June 27th, so we're literally about a month away from finally getting some NFL training camps, assuming everything continues to move forward with COVID-19 and them. That does seem like the NFL has a lot of really good procedures in place. Now, it seems like they're really talking about moving forward without any kind of talks about canceling the season. So if you're an NFL fan, obviously that is good news for you. The teams will be allowed to bring in rookies a few days before that, so at least the Browns will get a chance to bring in their guys, Jedrick Wills, DPJ, you know everybody else. There's only two I can think of off the top of my head, unfortunately, at the moment. Uh, But they will be able to bring them in just a few days before that to kind of get them in to see them start working on practices and everything. So we will get to see full practices and everything in about a month, which I know I'm excited for. And I imagine you guys are as well to finally see this new Browns team out on the field and and kind of what we're going to get offense, defensive wise, as we've got a whole new coaching staff here yet again. 
Uh, we still aren't sure what we're going to see preseason-wise, though, with all this. I would imagine it's likely just going to be two games, maybe three. They've already canceled the Hall of Fame game. They'll kind of expected that. They were already talking about not doing a Hall of Fame ceremony this year because of everything going on in Ohio with COVID-19, kind of the limited releases and opens of everything going on. So we kind of expected the Hall of Fame to be pushed back as the NFL announced. Makes sense to kind of cancel the Hall of Fame game. Those are kind of just hand-in-hand. Hand. You don't really see a lot in the Hall of Fame game, at least you know player-wise. You could see a lot of the guys on the edge of the roster trying to make their way on the roster, which does suck for those guys. You know, we've, we've seen a you know, fair amount of players that have made teams based on what they've done in the preseason, so you get limited exposure to that. But I, I imagine you're only going to see two or three games in the preseason this year, and that's been a lot of talk what the NFL wants to do anyways moving forward. We know that they're moving to the uh, – the 18, technically, week 18 next year, 17-game schedule. Uh, so we'll see if, if that implements some taking away of the preseason games, if they kind of base it on what they do this year. But I would imagine you're looking at at least two, maybe three of the most preseason games, which will be interesting as well because we'll see if we get to see more starters out there uh, throughout that. We usually see, you know, the ramp up in game two and then usually maybe a half in week three, although that seems to have been limited in the past few years as well. Uh, Stefanski has come out and said that the virtual offseason went off better than they expected, though I probably, I think like he probably has to say that, so I'm not sure I'm going to read too much into that, but he did say that they will be ready and ready to pivot when training camp starts, depending on where players are at, which I do like that. I think that he's he's really kind of going into this all in and not committing to one thing, and I like Stefanski. He's a smart guy. As I said on the, the very first episode, I believe, I did of this podcast, I talked about him getting hired as head coach. I liked it. I know a lot of people seem like they were kind of against it. They wanted McDaniels. I've been all in on the Stefanski train from the beginning. I really think this guy's going to be great for the Browns, and I'm, I'm really interested to see what he starts doing with the team when, uh, when training camp's open here in a month. So we're going to talk about the wide receiver position, though, today for the Browns. So again, if you've li been listening, um, just due to everything going on, uh, I've been putting out an episode about every other week right now uh, just to kind of space them out. Uh, so QB was about four weeks ago. Two weeks ago was the RBs. We'll be doing the wide receiver position today. There's a lot more to talk about with the wide receivers, obviously. We've got a ton of great players, um, and I think a really good amount of depth, actually, for the Browns. You know, last year you looked at it. And with whatever went on with Higgins that went on between Kitchens and Dorsey, uh, it was really just Odell and Landry. And when Odell suffered that injury early on in the season, the core muscle injury, uh, it really seemed to affect him. And there wasn't much else the Browns could do. They couldn't really go to anybody else. And I do think that hurt them more now. Bringing in Higgins, they drafted Donovan Peoples-Jones. I just think that this the depth now is actually there for the Browns at the wide receiver position if, God forbid, an injury happens to Odell or Landry. Uh, so I like where the Browns are at depth-wise at the position. I'll kind of go through all of the guys here in a little bit, uh, but I want to focus on obviously the two main guys right now, which are Odell and Landry, who are, are going to be the key to our passing offense with Baker, right? So... Odell, as I mentioned, dealt with that core muscle injury all season long. He's already come out, gotten the surgery earlier in the offseason. Uh, and I think, at least for me, I, I do think that he 
he clearly did not fit well in this offense last year with whatever Kitchens and them were trying to do. It just it, there were multiple times that you could see Odell get open, wide open down the field, and they were doing these screen passes behind the line or just other weird stuff. I think Kitchens, you know, like I said, I I, I still like Kitchens. I, I hate that it went the way that it did for him last year with Cleveland. I just think he was trying to be too cute, too smart, and and I don't think you can do that as an NFL head coach or play caller. You. Sure, you can call trick plays here and there, but you shouldn't be calling multiple trick plays a game. You know, if you call a screen pass and it doesn't work, you don't call 10 more of them in the game. Like, you have to wait for the right time for the defense to set that up, right? You know, again, I'm not an NFL head coach or a play caller, but if you're playing Madden, you're not calling a, pay, uh, a screen pass every play because the defenders, you're, whoever you're playing is going to figure it out and they're going to stop you. You got to set it up. You got to call it at the right times. And I just think like Freddie Kitchens was trying to get too cute at times last year. And that's really kind of what hurt this offense. And I think it hurt Odell as well. You know, it's funny talking about it, not just the injury, the system that was ran. You know, Odell still got over 1,000 yards last year, people. Like, he was not a bad wide receiver. So 2020, Odell, 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 my goodness, OBJ, I think will be a stud. I think we'll see him return to what he has been his entire career when he was in New York and healthy. Um, He was one of the best wide receivers in the game, and I think he's going to continue to be that. He's talked about being healthier uh, than ever, and as as honestly as I can be about it, I'm a huge Odell fan. I was when he was with the Giants. I think he's a phenomenal wide receiver, and being a huge Browns fan, I'm going to buy all into that. I'm going to believe him that he is healthy and ready to go. Obviously, we've seen he's dealt with some lower body injuries, so it could happen again, but I'm going to believe in him and buy all in that he is healthy right now and, and going to be good. As I mentioned, Even with him being hurt last year and the way that the Browns' offense was, he still got over 1,000 yards, which we probably trivialize as something that's easy to do, but it's not, Uh, especially when you have two wide receivers go over 1,000 yards. You know, think about what everybody's talking about this offseason. Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay in this huge offense. They're so great. Two wide receivers over 1,000 yards. Okay, well, the Browns did that with with what I think all of us can agree was a pretty abysmal offense last year, but Odell and Jarvis both went over 1,000 yards yards oh uh, Jarvis went over 1100 they weren't throwing the ball 5,000 times a game like Jameis Winston was so I think that that just speaks to how good that these two guys are and what they can do after the catch when Baker gets them the ball and I expect that again with a more competent offense to just continue to look so much better Hopefully, uh, in training camp and preseason, him and Baker, as in Odell, can build that chemistry a little bit more. I do think that was a big issue last year. We saw Odell miss pretty much all of the training camps and preseason stuff. Where Baker and Jarvis had that connection, you know, they they worked through that all first year when Jarvis came over. I believe it was 2018, and, and continued moving forward. They had that chemistry last year. I think that chemistry needs to be built a little bit more with Odell and and Baker. The, you know, Odell had it with Eli, and I think that's going to help continue to move him forward. Um, we just yeah, like I said, we saw last year. I mentioned this earlier. Odell was open at times. I can't remember what game it was. It was toward the end of the year, uh, and Odell had just like beat his cornerback bad. He had easily five yards of separation on him, and Baker didn't even look his way. He was so fixated on, I don't remember if it was a screen pass, but it was like a dump-off pass. I'm sure that it was a, a called play because Baker usually goes through his progressions, but didn't even look over at Odell, and he was just beat the man wide open. It was one where we needed a touchdown score. I, I really can't remember where it was, but it was toward the end of the year. Um, and you could tell Odell was clearly frustrated, and I wouldn't blame him for being that. You know, again, dealing with that injury, be 
beating his man the way that he did, it would have been an easy walk-in touchdown if Baker would have just put it out a little ahead of uh, Odell for him to go get. I'm telling you, walk-in touchdown, Browns win that game. And I, I imagine he was clearly, it might have been the Seattle game, but he, he was frustrated, and I don't blame him for being frustrated. All right, so let's look at what um, he did here in 2019. You know, I mentioned it. He still did go over. Uh, he went over 1,000 yards and, in the end, I think had a decent season. What I think killed Odell, and, and I'm focusing on this from a fantasy perspective, uh, obviously, is that he didn't get the touchdown. So he finished as a 25th wide receiver this uh, past year in 2019. Overall stats, 74 catches for 1,035 yards and four touchdowns. He was targeted 133 times. So that was uh, almost uh, really his second lowest outside of, uh, I'm sorry, his third lowest outside of the year 2017 where he got hurt. Um, In 2018 where he did miss a lot of games as well, he was targeted 124 times. In his rookie season, he was targeted 130 times where he still got 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns like that. I think that's what a lot of people seem to forget is that when he is healthy and on the field, this dude is good if you just get him the ball. And I really feel like the Browns need to do that. Just going to give some of his stats. I think it's ridiculous. 2015, so his sophomore year in the league, got targeted 158 times, 96 catches, 1,450 yards, 13 touchdowns. And then the year after that, 169 targets, 101 catches for 1,367 yards and 10 touchdowns. So again... Just he he's been a phenomenal player. I, I really think the Browns need to make him a focal point of this offense. That's why Dorsey traded for him. I don't think they're gonna trade Odell. I know there was a lot of rumors about that earlier in the year. I think at worst, I talked about it in that first podcast. They're gonna ride out at least this one year with both of these guys, unless they just completely blow it and you know go into the trade deadline with like one or two wins, which I don't expect to happen. Maybe they try and move somebody, but otherwise, I think. Odell and Landry are both going to be here for the season. So looking at it, 166.3 points. He averaged 10.39, so still not bad. I mean, not great. Just had a lot of, he had a lot of good games. It was just the bad ones in between that really hurt him. So I'm going to read some of his stats here because I I do think that people are going to be kind of surprised. Uh, 10.6, 25.1, then he he had 8.6, 3.0, 6.0, then 13.1, 7.7, 10.7, 8.2, 8.0, 17.4, 4.4, 4.9, 10.6, 12.4, 15.6. I don't read Week 17 because I know most leagues don't don't play in Week 17. So, again, it was just that he had those really good games in between. There was a lot of those single-digit games. Again, that was just because he wasn't getting targeted and he wasn't getting catches. It doesn't even matter about the yards because, again, he still put up 1,000 yards on the season. So he was doing it. It's just PPR leagues, you know, you need those catches and you need those yards. And he was averaging, you know, a couple catches in like 40 to 60 yards a game. And that just doesn't do it for you at the wide receiver position. Again, not getting the touchdowns hurts him as well. So what do I expect out of him in 2020? I expect him to return to what we saw in New York. I don't know how to guess target-wise because I am a little worried that this offense is obviously going to be based on on the run, what Chubb and Hunt can do for this team. But one thing that that Stefanski brings that I think is going to help out both Odell and Landry is he loves to do that play action, which is what Baker thrives on. 
watched him at Oklahoma, if you watched him in his rookie season, those bootlegs, those play-action passes, that's where Baker thrives. Allow him to get out of the pocket a little bit and then you know scan the field. He isn't a short quarterback, but he isn't the tallest quarterback. I do think getting him on the move a little bit, he can throw on the run. He is a mobile quarterback. I mean, he's not going to be – he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not even Patrick Mahomes out there, but he can move a little bit. I think get him outside the pocket and allow him to hit those guys in stride. We saw him do that so well. Uh, his rookie season, I think they need to continue to do that. So what am I expecting from Odell in 2020? I think he's going to get about 1,235 yards, 92 catches, and 9 touchdowns. I, I really think that that's going to be a, a decent year for him. Wouldn't be surprised if he does better, but I think that's kind of what I'm expecting out of him in 2020. So if Odell does that, just that alone, that gets him to about 280.5 points. That would have made him wide receiver too. Uh, this season, he would have uh, been below Michael Thomas, uh, but would have been above Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Cooper Cup, uh, who all finished there at the top here in 2019. And, and I think that's very realistic. I, I understand the touchdowns may be a little high. I could easily see him maybe getting four or five just again, because I think when they get into the red zone, they're probably going to try and run it a little bit. But I just I think Odell, he's just dynamic and explosive when he gets the ball. You know, we saw it in the Jets game last year, and I I, I complained about it a lot on my wide, on my fantasy football podcast um, that Odell is one of the best slant runner slant route runners in the game. He's one of the best route runners in the game. I'm I'm telling you, I can't remember what the YouTube channel is called. I will try and and figure it out at one point and talk about it. Uh, but the way that he runs routes is just ridiculous. He's such an underrated route runner. I'm actually going to try and pull it up because someone sent it to me and I was looking at it uh, with this stuff. So um, let's see here. Where did he send it to me? Okay, first down. Uh, first down training. Go look on that. Uh, on the It's on YouTube. Look at first down training. It's a... YouTube channel that talks about just different this guy breaks down all different kinds of wide receivers everything and he breaks down Odell Beckham running routes but more with the giant stuff and then he does do some brown stuff he is such a good and nuanced route runner it is ridiculous and I don't think he gets talked about enough just how good he is we all want to focus on the supposed quote-unquote off-field issues and the drama that he brings uh, off the field and his injuries which the injuries is the only fair thing that I think you can bring up there is no off-field drama. He has never gotten suspended for anything like that. There is no on-field drama. I have never seen one teammate, one teammate for the New York Giants or the Browns come out and talk bad about Odell on the field. He's a competitive guy. You know, I was just on the Debbie Delight podcast earlier today with Ricky Valero and Chris Stoops. I suggested you checking them out. Uh, they do a great job uh, with their Debbie podcast. And I talked about how competitive I am. I'm in a Madden league with one of those guys. Uh, we have a we have a nice little Madden league going on there. And, and I'm someone who I just don't like to lose. Nobody likes to lose, right? But some people are just more competitive than others. It, it drives us. It bothers us to our very core. It shakes us to our core if we lose. I am someone when I lose, I don't handle losing well. I don't want to say I'm a sore loser, but I will, like, break my controller. Like, it's my controller's fault, right? No, it's my fault, and I get that, but it just speaks to how competitive some people are, and I, I think that's what Odell is. He's a very competitive person. He believes 
that he is the best wide receiver on the field, and he wants the ball to do great things. And I think if he gets the ball, he will do great things. And I think most wide receivers think that. Some may not come. You know, you got DeAndre Hopkins, although he did say it this offseason. But you had guys in the past like DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, who won't come out and say that stuff. Then you have other Julio Jones. He's another great example. Uh, but then you have guys like Odell, Michael Thomas, that will come out and say it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You have to be that prideful uh, and have that belief in yourself to play that position. So I, I do think that's where Odell comes from. I didn't see anything out of him last year outside of being a really good leader. Yeah, there were times that he was frustrated, and, you know, he slammed his helmet down. Okay, Tom Brady slams his helmet down at least once a game. Tom Brady gets up in your face and yells at you at least once a game. What's the difference? Winning. And I think if the Browns continue to win, a lot of people see Odell in a different light, like they see Tom Brady, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But I might be overreaching a little bit here on Odell, calling him for possibly being wide receiver two uh, in 2020, but I definitely think it's in uh, the outcomes for him, in the variance of outcomes. I do think that at worst he's a top five wide receiver, assuming he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, I think you're going to get the Odell of old, and I can't wait to see it. He finally has a quarterback like Baker who – you know, don't get me wrong, I still think Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer, a really good quarterback, obviously was able to get him the ball out, but I think Baker's got more talent, more skill, and if he gets Odell the ball, it's going to be a fun year for them. So let's move on to Landry. In 2019, Landry was, you know, exactly what the Browns needed him to be. Just missed making the top 12 at wide receiver, which I think is just criminal. Uh, he just seems to get completely undervalued uh, in NFL and fantasy circles, and yet he continues to, to ball out. Uh, Landry and Baker have had had really great chemistry since he came over to Cleveland in 2018, as I talked about earlier. Uh, and he's really ingratiated himself to Browns fans. Like he's he's become one of my favorite players. Like I liked getting him. You know, he came over from Miami, being that slot wide receiver, and I think we were all like, okay, cool. Like we finally got a player to come here and wanted to play here, and that's what I love about him. He wants to be here. He wants to help Cleveland win and bring him that championship, which is why I really hope they don't move on from him. And we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. later later um but I, I do think that there's a chance for him to also play in the slot a lot of this year with them bringing back Higgins and bringing in a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones from the draft uh both those guys can play on the outside so can Landry he's proved that over the past two years but he thrives in the slot like the way that guy runs routes especially when he's in the slot is just beautiful and and the way that he creates separation I think is so much fun to watch like he can still create separation on the outside but I think if you were to watch them both play you know Odell on the outside Landry in the slot watching Odell create separation on the outside where he does these body sways uh, where he makes it look like he's going to cut inside outside and then once he gets the cornerback turned he cuts back inside it's just beautiful and same thing with Landry Landry's feet are so quick and the way he kind of moves it and does the whole body head fake that he's going outside then cuts right back inside I just it's it's beautiful to watch and both of these guys I think again create such well good separation on their own that Guys like Kevin Stefanski or Van Pelt is going to be calling the place. They don't have to scheme them open. And I think that was another problem that Kitchens had last year. He kept trying to scheme these guys open where they have the natural ability to just get open themselves. Let them do them. Give Baker enough time to let those guys do what they do, and then Baker will put it on him, which I think bringing in Jedrick Wills, Conklin is really going to help the Browns be able to do that. But back to Landry, uh, I can't wait to see what he's able to do uh, in what I think is going to be a competent offense, as I was just talking about here in 2020. So last year, as I mentioned, he finished wide receiver 13 for fantasy, 1,900, I'm sorry, 1,900, my God, yeah, he blew everybody away with 1,900, 195.9 points. 
uh, here. His overall stats, 83 catches for 1,174 yards, six touchdowns. He was targeted 137 times. So he was, you know, attempted right around the same times that Odell was. I think just a little bit more, if I'm remembering correctly. Let's see here. Let's pull up Odell's stats. So, yeah, four more times than Odell. So they both got targeted a ton. Just weren't getting the catches and weren't doing much with them. Some of that, again, I, I put on Baker. Some of that was on them. Uh, they didn't have a lot of drops collectively. Baker was just you know, forced to get out the ball earlier than he needed to at times. So he averaged 12.24 points last year, 9.7, 4. 7, 7. 7. 7. 20. 7. 9.5, 5.1, 9.0, 4.1, 20.2, 12.3, 31.8, 10.6, 9.6, 4.8, 10.9, 15.2. So Jarvis, you know, same as always. He, I think he... The fact that he averaged 12.4, I think, is obviously comes into the fact that he had the 20-point game and the 31-point game. If you take those two out or bring them down a little bit, actually he had two 20-point games. Yes, two 20-point games. He averaged right around 10.1 points, which is good. That's what you want from a guy like him. He's a catch machine, reception machine, right? Like, he just catches you a ton of balls. He's not a guy who's going to get you a ton of yards after the catch, but he can. Again, 1,174 yards is not a bad year for a guy like him. Playing on the outside where, again, I'm not trying to disparage Jarvis because I do love him. I, I think he's just a much better slot wide receiver than he is an outside wide receiver. He can do both. I just think he thrives so much more in the slot. The reason I think he likes to play on the outside is because when he gets by you, he can then go and try and score, and, and it's a little bit harder to do in the slot because usually you're running like these in routes or maybe these corner routes where you're still kind of toward the middle of the field and you're trying to, to get by a lot more people than you are when you're on the outside. But uh, regardless of where Landry ends up playing, I still think he's going to end up having a, a very good year. So for me, my projections for him in 2020, I've got him for 1,162 yards, 85 catches, and 6 touchdowns. Again, I think that's going to be really good. I am a little worried about the hip, uh, but Landry and the coaching staff are both saying that his hip is good and okay and he should be good to go uh, for 2020. So hopefully that that they are going to be, they're being 100% transparent on that and everything is going to be good to go moving forward with Landry. So with those stats, that puts him at, uh, let's see here, for fantasy for 2020, uh, what is it right here? So 207.2 points in uh, the fantasy football season, again, for 2020, which would put him at right about where he is right now. Put him at wide receiver 12. So I'm asking for a little bit of a bump up for him, uh, about one spot, actually. It would be, let's see, he finished with 195, so it's 12 points more uh, this coming season, which I could see, again, it's not a huge variance of what he, I, I couldn't project him for a lot more if I'm projecting Odell to take the step forward that I, that I do have him taking a step forward for. Uh, but Landry still, he's very consistent with what he does. This is, uh, you know, just his third year that he's gone over 1,100 yards. It's been interesting, right? So his rookie season, 758, then 1159, 1138, 987, 976, 1174. Uh, so I still think he has a chance to go over 1,100, just a little bit of a dip uh, in yards and uh, in touchdowns. Drop back about two touchdowns, go up a little bit in catches, but come back a little bit in yards. So I, I really like Landry this year. I think he's going to continue to to be a solid wide receiver for fantasy. High-end wide receiver two with low-end wide receiver one upside. That's what he's been. He continues to get devalued. Everybody values him for whatever reason. He's been going off in drafts as like a wide receiver three, which I think is just insane. But hey, if you can get him there, take him because he's going to come through for you in fantasy. 
So the last two guys that I think have some fantasy relevance, though I'm not sure how much, are going to be Rashad Higgins and then Donovan Peoples-Jones. Focus on Higgins first. Uh, Higgins and Baker had a, it's had some great chemistry in Baker's rookie season. Um, and for those of you who remember, was uh, consistently Baker's go-to guy late in key games in that season. For whatever reasons, Higgins, for whatever reason, as I mentioned earlier, Higgins had some kind of falling out with Kitchens, Dorsey, or both of them. Uh, and, and it really kind of seemed like he was not getting any playing time. There's a lot of talk that in that Denver game, there were some issues with him not wanting to play or something like that. And it pretty much led to Higgins barely seeing any playing time whatsoever in 2020 regardless this new coaching staff and front office really seem to be happy with Higgins as Higgins is with the Browns like Higgins publicly stated he wanted to come back to Cleveland there were teams that offered him more money he took the Browns offer because he wanted to be here not just with the Browns but how much he believes in Baker which we talked about a couple episodes ago and I think that's great we want guys like that on the field Higgins, I think, is going to be the third option on the field whenever they run three wide receiver sets. Uh, there are going to be a lot more two tight end sets than three wide receiver sets, but when there are three wide receiver sets, I expect it to be Higgins. Again, I'm not sure how relevant Higgins and, and Peoples-Jones are really going to be uh, for fantasy, at least this year. Uh, you know, I could see Higgins getting some play. It, again, is all going to depend on how often they run three receiver sets, and I, I don't know if it's fair to guess at that right now because Minnesota had a completely different team than what uh, the Browns have, but Higgins here, I mean, again, he finished with 13.5 points last year. Uh, it, it's not a, <laughs> not a, not a great great stat line obviously but again he didn't play in a lot of games here there's really one two three games that he played in uh and, you know it's just a weird year for Higgins unfortunately again I don't know what happened between him and the coaching staff but it is what it is uh, in 2017 312 yards on 27 catches two touchdowns and again Baker's rookie year 2018 572 yards 39 catches, four touchdowns, was targeted 54 times. Again, being like the third and fourth option on that team. So I, I really like Higgins. I think this he fits well in this role. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him more in the slot with moving Landry outside. Higgins definitely profiles more as a um, as a slot wide receiver, but I think Higgins can succeed some on on the outside as well. And again, I just I, I just think Landry is one of the best slot wide receivers in the game. So I, I'd love to see him. Uh, go in there. Some news just dropped on Kevin Stefanski, so I'm going to add this on at the end of the podcast I'll, I will look at. But Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's a guy that I was really high on. Uh, he's a guy that I'm, I'm glad that the Browns drafted. I would bet on him being the future of the Browns offense. You know, most uh, most NFL teams, unfortunately, do not pay two wide receivers a, a ton of money. And, and that is what you're going to get. Uh, out of Jarvis Landry and uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Cleveland is going to have a lot of money tied up in them. Their contract situations, you know, are not out of line for what wide receivers um, are getting paid. But he's got um. So this year he's going to make thirteen million. Next year twelve, and and twenty twenty two fourteen is what he signed through. Uh, free agent in 2023. If they were to cut Landry after this season, the dead cap hit would be three million in 2021. And then 1.5 in 2022, which again is not bad. I mean, I don't think that that's an, an outrageous amount to pay him. Some people might. Again, we're going to have a lot of players come up. There's a lot of rumors about Miles Garrett getting a monster contract. We talked about it on last episode. Do we want to pay Denzel Ward? I think he's one of the best cornerbacks in the game, but he's got to stay healthy. you got Baker's contract coming up too. 
Nick Chubb if you want to keep Nick Chubb around. There's a lot of different moves that the Browns can make, and they're going to need some cap space. And so a lot of people are going to look at that and say, okay, well, Jarvis and Odell are making a lot of money. As I just mentioned, Jarvis, you know, 12, 13, I'm sorry, 14, 13, you know, 11. It's it's a lot of money. It really is, and they can get out of it after this season for a low cap hit. When you're only having to pay $3 million of a dead cap hit or $1 million the year after that, that's a, you know, easy to get out of, and, and I could see the Browns doing it. Again, I hope that they don't, but if they do, that automatically opens up a role for Donovan Peoples-Jones. And then Odell in 2020, 14-14-13-13. So we have him through the 2023 season, and he's making a ton of money each year. Again, not a lot of teams are going to pay wide receivers that much money. The difference, and why I would not be surprised if one of these guys are moved after the 2020 season, is I mentioned in 2021, Landry's out is, I believe it was $3 million when I was looking at it. Odell's is nothing. They could cut him and not take a dead cap hit at all. They can get completely out of his money after the 2020 season before the 2021 season starts. So that's where I say I wouldn't be surprised if one of them is gone. If you look at it that way, you would think it's going to be Odell. They can get out of a $14 million contract with no money whatsoever on the contract. If they go Landry's route, you're looking at $3 million, then $1 million, and keeping Odell, who I think is the better wide receiver, but you also have to look at it from the money side of things and decide, you know, are, are they do they want to keep more money and so they get rid of Odell that puts 14 million back on the books or do they want to get rid of Landry, they keep that 14 million, they drop about 13 million but they still then take that 1 mil cap hit. So it's still kind of the same thing uh, in the end. They get a 1 mil cap hit back but they get open up that 12 million then technically after you take that money out. Regardless, I think that is where DPJ comes in. If the Browns get out of Landry or Odell's contract, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think, can easily fill into one of those spots. Now, does he have their pedigree yet? No. Can he? I do think so. He had a lot of pedigree coming out of high school, had a checkered college career at Michigan. Some of that I put on the blame of Shea Patterson. Some of it has to go on Peoples-Jones because we saw guys like Nico Collins still be uh, very relevant when it comes to um you know, what he did receiving yards-wise at Michigan with Shea Patterson and his quarterback. But he has a lot of skill and ability, and I think given the chance he can succeed and be a really good player in the NFL. So I, I do think drafting him where they did is a steal, and if they decide to move on from Landry or Odell after the season, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to be the next guy to step up, not necessarily Higgins, who also signed for just a one-year deal. So if you're in a draft late rookie draft startup and you're looking to grab guys late uh donovan peoples jones is a guy would grab late i do think he could easily be a guy who could thrive with baker and in this offense if they were to move on from either odell or landry before the 2021 season again i don't want it to happen but realistically if you're asking me if i can only keep one of them and that means i'm gonna pay Garrett, Chubb, Baker, so on and so forth, I think I would have to agree with that. I think the overall team is going to be better when you can keep guys like Garrett, Chubb, and Baker compared to just the two wide receivers. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Guys, please make sure to rate and review the podcast. If you guys have time, really easy to jump on iTunes and do that. If you're a fan of any other NFL team, check out the Back Row Network. They have a ton of great team-centric podcasts focused on the NFL news and the fantasy side of things. Uh, they do a really great job. Barker has put together a really good group here. Also check out my fantasy football podcast, the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks and focus on a tight end-centric podcast. Uh, everybody stay safe, stay healthy out there, and as always, go Browns. Go Browns.